0: Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. The heat has fried my brain. It's just too much. The second half of July was... Sort of a reprieve for the Mojave. Not a whole lot of monsoon rain, but milder weather than we've come to expect over these past several uncomfortable summers in the high desert. But now the real heat is back and getting some of those cherished heat of desert summer power outages. Nothing makes a person want to pack up and go north. Like in Blade Runner, like in the theatrical version, The End, when the two robots find true love and take the hover car to what looks like the Northern Forest. Maybe British Columbia, which is no longer your escape in the summer if you've been watching the fire news. The heat is not good for the brain, not at this level. Somebody died just walking around Phoenix late last month, apparently a tourist on what was supposed to be a day hike in town, and would be in December or January. It's just hard to concentrate. makes you want to open up a bottle and put on some red, blue, black silver. Quiet nights on the American desert. It's eerie out here sometimes. And not in a good way with the coyotes singing and the great horned owls hooting. Whatever terrible sound the nightjar makes, the common poor will. That's a strange bird. It sounds like the PA system broke on the Starship Enterprise. Mayday, mayday. All hands on deck. Destroy all the robots. See, the robots tried to unionize, and well, the business of Starfleet is business. Along with military superiority for the common good of the outer-occupied planets... And the security of trade routes, of course, and the free exchange of scientific and cultural knowledge, interstellar conventions, interspecies rights, etc. But one thing that cannot happen is the robots cannot organize for collective bargaining. So the moment we knew was coming and the darker chambers of our hearts is finally here. The famous electric car company is going to make robots because Elon Musk is just Just working working his his way way through a life life of of being a Philip K. Dick character. Palmer Eldritch is the obvious one and an interesting one. Tyrell, Eldon Tyrell, is the Blade Runner version of Eldon Rosen, the tycoon who makes and markets the androids and do androids dream of electric sheep. Eldon, Eldritch, Elon, they're just names. Just variations in the timeline, nothing serious, nothing to worry about. You ever get an idea and then over time realize that it wasn't an idea at all? about something external. It was a vision of some distant space or time. A decade or so back while walking in the foothills with the dog, I had this strange vision that sort of overlaid the time and terrain where I was walking. It was a familiar sort of image, and I wondered where it was from. What story, or painting, or movie, or archetype was generating it? Or was it a fresh idea of some kind? They do happen. Every decade or so. But this did not seem that way. And it wasn't the Mojave Desert, it was a great basin. A higher altitude desert with forests of pinyons in the hills and in the mountains. Well, over the years, I figured out that the person I saw in the distance on that landscape was me. But many years in the future, instead of a dog walking alongside me, it was a treadmill robot. A robot, finally! Well, some years later, I found that land, and I've been paying it off ever since. I recognized it instantly, and from various science fiction shows, I've learned that in old age... One can rely upon a robot companion to help with the chores. Bring some stones over for the tower, feed the robot sheep, that kind of thing. Plug itself in at night, like the Roomba. The creepiest and most obvious thing is to make human society's robots look like comatose versions of ourselves. That's not convincing. Who wants it? People bother us every day about everything. Why do you think we love dogs so much? And no, we love our machines, our bicycles, and pickup trucks, and power tools, and gaming computers. We love to make them full characters in our adventure. We don't need the household robot to look like a department store mannequin. With a face. At least on the regular model, if somebody wants that, fine. They can order it, get the custom package with four interchangeable heads. Do what thou wilt, shall be the whole of the law, but please don't force the rest of us to hear about it. As members of a species specifically designed to see patterns and symbols in the natural world, a natural world filled with patterns and symbols, we can see a face in pretty much anything. Some people lose this ability after childhood, but if you're lucky, Well, then you cannot even drive past those windmills and desert hot springs without noticing the faces on them all—comically blank, but with a personality we seem to recognize in our fellow workers. Electric outlets are faces. The knots in a wooden plank. Side by side windows. So I was reasonably sure I was glancing at my future because the figure did not appear to be walking any place in particular in any particular hurry. And that's an ideal application for the all-terrain treadmill companion robot keeping up at whatever pace required. We all generally hope to reach a useful old age, if we can live that long. It would be nice if we could swap out parts, like that Wally just changing gears and treads as they wear out. I mean, it's more or less at hand. The current low level of civilization does try to kill us all for all our lives with the factory meat full of antibiotics and toxins, with the grind of trying to keep afloat, trying to hold what little ground you've got toying with our little amusements now you can't have TikTok oh now you can have it again But now your car is connected to the internet for some infernal purpose. But if we survive all of that, and a lot of us do, we could just swap out the broken human parts as they fail with the help of our household robot that can do anything. Just download the expansion pack cataract surgery, hip replacement, freshen up the Botox and the hair plugs, cook healthy meals of pasture-fed organic bison and some sort of vegetable that tastes good with a very particular preparation, and clean up the kitchen afterwards. Maybe you could even unplug the internet at night and tell us to go to bed for our own good to give us a rest, to give us some peaceful sleep, a break from the pandemics, the politics, the catastrophic climate change, the giddy real estate bubbles, losing track of which fire is the largest wildfire in state history or regional history or recent history or recent memory like they say on the news all the time because nobody remembers anything before about 2015. Late in the day of August 11, with my heat-fried brain no longer able to remember which month it was, I had a moment of joy because I thought I'd gotten through September 11 without noticing. Well, I was wrong. They were just all working together to make this the biggest 20th anniversary 911 of all time. Friends, there is good news on the horizon for all of us. The human population is finally slowing down, finally hitting a wall. Now, i would gotten used to the population peak coming in another 30 years or so, and I wondered if I'd be around to see it because it will be better on the other side, there's no doubt. A lot of our troubles won't naturally reverse once there are fewer of us because as we settle into healthier numbers over the rest of this century and the next around the world, A lot of what we're missing comes back on its own. Birds and fish, big animals on the plains and the savanna. The rich fungal network just below the ground that connects forests, that connects stands of trees and hedgerows and brush. The crypto-biological crust that holds the desert floor together so it doesn't all blow away and become sand dunes. Lately, I've been reading this wonderful book by Dan Flores. It's called American Serengeti. It's about the big animals that filled the Great Plains just a century and a half ago the way so many human cultures depended upon these herds and the actions of the predators as well. The focus is on the animals that barely survive what happened when the American nation crossed the Mississippi and filled in to the West. Just barely, but just barely is sometimes good enough. Bison and Pronghorn, the brown bear that Lewis and Clark named the Grizzly before shooting an obscene number of the great bears, had the tribes rightly considered gods walking on earth. But it's a hopeful book because it also tells of places in the Great Plains where Buffalo roam again, where the Antelope play. Early sections of what can be great open preserves of river and hill and especially those wide open plains. It takes work, but can you imagine any better work? bringing rivers and streams back to more natural states where things more or less take care of themselves to make that land alive again as people keep leaving it behind? According to the new U.S. Census numbers, we are now mostly congregating in Look alike residential and retail distribution developments in a handful of overbuilt and under resilient mega suburbs. In Harris County and Maricopa County, Tractome, Florida, and Tractome, Salt Lake, Austin, and Nashville. Real estate in these places has doubled in value over the past decade as people have poured in from the rest of the country, which is rapidly depopulating. More than half, 52% of American counties lost population over the past 10 years. And overall, the growth of real population has crawled to a near halt. In this nation where growth for growth's sake has been the only answer to the question, what are we here for? I mean, Phoenix is the big city that saw the most population growth over the past decade. Buckeye is one of the top ten fastest, what do you even call Buckeye? And the fastest growing sort of urban area in the country is an immense old age community in central florida called the villages the boomers have fueled the entire real estate bubble that we're all kind of stuck inside for the moment There are 70 million baby boomers still alive in the United States. Between now and about 2027, just six years away, the reality of extreme old age and non-existent generational family homes will mean millions of houses in overheated markets will become vacant. 20 million American homes, mostly single-family homes... And places propped up by high real estate prices will empty out over the next dozen years. About 10% of all houses in this whole country. The vulture funds that vacuumed up distressed residential real estate after the 2008 housing collapse will do the same thing. But there will not be the same rental market. A few cities may get larger, most will get smaller. The thing about population trends is once they start rolling, they cannot be changed. Japan and Italy tell us a lot about what happens when there are very few young people. And Russia shows us what happens when a world power can't convince its own citizens that they should continue to be alive, let alone reproduce. Perhaps the world can sustainably maintain a global population of 8 billion, but we are increasingly likely to never rise above that mark if we get there at all. COVID has accelerated these trends because a virus is opportunistic. Just as it accelerated all the other population trends, more fear and anxiety, less marriage and babies, less immigration as these trends are both internal and external, replicated globally, China is trying to figure out how to be a capitalist, totalitarian state in an era of declining population, declining fertility, market saturation, and overwhelming personal debt, where the birth rate is dropping by about 20% every year. So the Chinese government decided to crack down on video games. Because the younger generations are basically playing video games in apartments because there's nothing else to do, nothing else they can afford, not enough work. And what's the point anyway? We look back at the last half a century and we understand that we've doubled the amount of carbon in the atmosphere. We've killed off two-thirds of the remaining wildlife on Earth. And this was during the age of the environmental movement, the environmental organizations, the great global nonprofits. That sent us fundraising junk mail with penguins and elephants on the envelope. Send money now and we'll take care of it. None of it is reflected in a very flattering way upon our species, the humans. But that is a challenge to humanity because we're the only species that buys self-help books, so we know in our hearts so we can do better. We can make more of the world like it used to be. We can have beautiful places to go for our vacations and holidays and hiking trips and backcountry camping and hunting and fishing. We can have an earthly paradise. Hey, have you ever been to the Pygmalion Festival in Urbana, Illinois? Well, if you're anywhere at all nearby, why not come this year? Safe and sane. you got to be fully vaccinated 14 days prior. It's coming up quick. The weekend of September 21 through 23rd, Thursday through Saturday is the festival. Desert Oracle will be live on stage Friday night on the 25 o'clock Brewing Company stage, 8 p.m. Learn all about it at thisispygmalion.com. And this, friends, is Desert Oracle Radio. Thanks for joining us. It's almost autumn. Hang in there. And good night from the voice of the desert.